A well-known American Christian writer, David Roper, tells the story about a fishing trip he had. His fishing buddy had told him about an alpine lake located up high on Jug Handle Mountain in Idaho. The friend drew a map on a bit of scrap paper and assured him that the large trout up there practically leapt out of the water and were easy to catch. So he filled his truck up at the petrol station and set off to follow the directions. His friend's map put him on the worst road he had ever driven on. It was an old logging road that had been bulldozed through the forest and had never been graded. Parts of the road were washed out, there were deep ruts and large rocks to duck around, and fallen timber was littered all over the road. The trip took hours for him to reach his destination, and he felt battered and bruised from all the jolts along the way. Even the undercarriage of his truck was bent. So he thought, why would a friend send me up a road like this? But the lake was magnificent. The view was breathtaking and the fish were indeed large and easily caught. David wrote, my friend had put me on the right road, one I would have chosen myself and patiently endured had I known what I knew at the end. Today we're looking at another fishing story, but don't worry, it's not a fishy story. It's John chapter 21, 1 to 14. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in for the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes, for he was stripped for work, and sprang into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish lying on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 
153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. There are several things we notice in this passage. Firstly, fishing is not for everyone. There is a lot of preparation, waiting, discomfort and disappointment in fishing. Fishermen are renowned for telling stories about the one that got away. In David Roper's story, he was already frustrated and physically battered before he even got to the fishing spot. But his story ended well as he caught the trout and enjoyed spectacular scenery and solitude. The disciples were involved in a different sort of fishing, commercial fishing. This was a hard way to make a living. Rough seas, bad weather, elusive fish on a bad day. On a good day, the nets were heavy to drag in when they were full. The nets had to be mended frequently when they got torn. On this occasion, the men are tired and frustrated. They've been fishing all night, but haven't caught any fish at all. I imagine they just wanted to go home. But they have nothing to show for their efforts. They have nothing to eat themselves or feed their families and no fish to sell at the market. So they came to shore, frustrated and disappointed. And there stands a man who gets them to affirm that they've caught nothing. And he instructs them to go back out and try again. He gives them specific instructions to put the nets out on the right side of the boat. The amazing thing in this story is that they follow his instructions. I don't know about you, but if I was an experienced fisherman, I might be tempted not to follow the advice of an unknown man telling me how to catch fish. Does he have any experience? Will it be worth the effort? I know how to position patients for the perfect x-ray. So does Chris. But it's not always possible to get the patients in that perfect position. However, I don't follow the advice of patients who try to put themselves in what they think the right position is. They won't know what the resulting x-ray will look like, but I do. So why did the disciples go back out and put their nets out on the right side of the boat as instructed by a stranger? Well, they were probably desperate for success. Or was there something compelling about this man on the beach? Whatever the reason, they followed his instructions and had resounding success. They didn't actually recognise it was Jesus at first, 
Days and weeks had passed since the crucifixion, and various reports of sightings of Jesus were confirmed. The disciples themselves had seen Jesus a couple of times and were waiting on the promised Holy Spirit. But they weren't sure exactly what to do while they waited. So they went back to what they were doing before. We can't blame them for that. Without Jesus around and unsure of their new task in building the church, they went back to their old familiar jobs. They had to make a living somehow. It's not just Peter that turns back to the life he once knew. Seven of the 11 disciples were there that day when Peter said he was going fishing. Their attempt to return to the way things were ignores that their three years with Jesus gave them a new and greater mission. After following the instructions of Jesus, they come back to shore with a successful catch. Then they have breakfast on the beach with Jesus, and they now recognise him for who he is. At this meal, Jesus reminds them of their call to follow him. They've gone back to their fishing, but by being challenged to get back into the boat and try again for success, Jesus is helping them with their current task of fishing for fish, but maybe reminding them again to try to be fishers of men. It's a bit like a recommissioning for them. We need to remind ourselves that for some people, an intense spiritual experience or encounter with Jesus can fade and fairly soon they'll go back to the same old things they've done before. Just like this story reminds us, we need to keep on having encounters with the risen Lord to keep our mission alive. I think this story is symbolic of Jesus always inviting us to partner with him. He wants us to find out what he is doing and jump in with our contribution. Our combined efforts provide success and a great feast. Jesus calls to us as he called to the disciples. He asks us to follow him, even when it's not what we've always known, even when it's not what we even particularly want to do. But the reward is at the end. These tired, hungry, hard-working fishermen finally have something to show for their efforts. They lug in the net, filled with 153 fish. But somehow, on the beach, Jesus already has a charcoal fire burning, with fish cooking on it, and bread is provided. We notice that he can provide breakfast for all of them without their efforts, but he invites them to contribute some of the fish from their catch. It's a bit like our shared lunches here. Somehow, Emma provides enough food for all of us and invites us to eat together, but she also invites us to contribute something towards the meal. Together, 
we have a great feast. Jesus doesn't just cook for the disciples, he provides abundantly for them and eats with them, enjoying the fellowship. He is always inviting us to partner with him. So the main principles of this little fishing story, otherwise known as takeaways, Rod. Firstly, Jesus met the disciples where they were. He actively sought them out. He didn't wait until they came to him. He may have waited until they came to the end of their own resources and were desperate for help, but he met them where they were. This is tremendously reassuring for us. We don't have to wear the right clothes or find a remote God who inhabits only the most holy places. God will meet us where we are and he accepts us where we are. Secondly, our efforts will be blessed with success when we trust that Jesus knows best and we follow his advice. Proverbs 16.3 reiterates the same theme. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Or as the Living Bible says, commit your work to the Lord, then it will succeed. Remember the words of Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Thirdly, Jesus provides for us abundantly. They say there's no such thing as a free lunch, but clearly there is a free breakfast on the beach in this story. I could understand this story more easily if Jesus had a charcoal fire burning on the beach but needed the fish from the disciples' catch to make the meal. But no, Jesus already has fish cooking. He already has bread. What that says to me is that he will abundantly provide even if I bring nothing at all. When we get to the end of our own resources, Jesus will provide all that we need. But he invites us to partner with him. He meets us where we are in our everyday activities of working in the world. He blesses our efforts with success and he provides for us to show that he will abundantly meet our needs. What a great God we have. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that whether we're new to the faith or whether we've been walking with you for a long time, you love to show yourself to us and be involved in what we're doing. You meet us where we are. You accept us as we are. But you want us to follow you. And I pray that we'll be willing to do whatever it is you ask us to do so that you can bless our efforts with success. Amen.